Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 29, and I'm Alex Beaudry. We are entering the height of free agency. Uh, with that comes franchise tags, player movement, cuts, um, as teams prepare to get under the 2022 salary cap. Um and since I'm sitting in the middle of Packerland and everybody is talking about Aaron Rodgers right now and Instagram posts and Pat McAfee shows, I figured <clears throat> what a good time to talk about the Packers salary cap situation, what they may be planning and what the future may look like if they're going to bring back both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams because the two do seem to be linked or at least if they're going to be in green and gold, they're going to be linked. I, I think if one leaves, the other goes, and vice versa. And the Packers got some work to do. <clears throat> um, and they've already started to make some moves. Today is Wednesday. It's about 3.40 central time, and already this morning, um, they manipulated some cap moves with Kenny Clark. So it's, it's coming. Something's coming. Um, they had some homework to do anyway. Even without Devontae Adams, they were about $48 million over the cap before the Kenny Clark move. So even if, you know, Rodgers leaves, you know, he clears up a significant chunk of cap, some other moves would have had to be made anyway. So I would say it's still too early um, to see if the Packers are kind of tipping their hand um, on whether or not Rodgers and Adams will be back. But the moves are beginning. So <clears throat> I figured now would be as good a time as any to jump into what may happen over the next several weeks as the Packers look to either tag Devontae Adams or re-sign him to an extension and whether they decide to trade Aaron Rodgers, bring him back on his last year, or extend him. So <clears throat> here we go. We'll run into it. So as I mentioned, as of yesterday, the Green Bay Packers were about $48 million over the cap. <clears throat> I mentioned in my opening that they had already restructured Kenny Clark's contract. So I'm just pulling it up here. Oop, thought I had it up. Um, what they had done with Kenny Clark is he was set to make a significant base salary he was set to have a base salary amount of you know let's call it 12 million dollars uh for 2022 what the packers did is they um restructured 10 point excuse me they converted 13.6 million dollars of his 2022 compensation into a signing bonus and added two void years to his deal so <clears throat> Again, for those of you who may not be familiar with how the salary cap works, base salary counts towards the, the cap in the year that it's earned. Signing bonus is spread out over the length of the contract. So Kenny Clark re-signed an extension um, 
in 2020, I believe. So he still had a couple of years left on his deal. Um, So he's signed through the 2024 season. So what the Packers did is since his base salary was so high, what they did is um, converted that base salary into signing bonus. And now they added two years. So now technically he is under contract until 2026. By adding the 2025 and the 2026 seasons to his salary or to his contract, even though they're void years, he'll never, I shouldn't say never unless he's extended, but as of right now, he's not going to be playing for the Packers in the 25, 26 seasons. They're dummy years, but then they can spread out that signing bonus by adding those additional years. So when he was restructured, they took that $13 million, converted it to signing bonus. You take the 13, you now divide it by five, because there's five seasons under this contract, comes out to you know $2.7 million or so. So that 2.7 counts this year, it'll count next year, it'll count in 2024. When his contract voids, we'll, we can get into that, whether it all accelerates or... You know, if they extend them, you know, that might go away. All those different things come into play. But the, the the point of adding the void years is to spread that out even further. So now his cap hit was decreased with this move by almost $11 million. So you take the $13 million in base salary, convert that to signing bonus. Kenny Clark gets all of that money immediately. So as an agent... Almost every agent is willing to do this type of negotiation to help a team out because the player gets paid immediately, the agent gets paid immediately, and that is now guaranteed money. Okay, so I don't know how much of Kenny Clark's salary was guaranteed, fully guaranteed for 2022, but now it's all guaranteed essentially because he got it in signing bonus. So get money early. A dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Get paid immediately. It becomes essentially guaranteed. And then everybody gets paid quicker. So that's why players and agents are willing to to do this renegotiation. So that move, his base salary went from, I think I said $13 million earlier. It was a little bit higher than that because they took $13 million off the books spread it out over five years with those two void years. And now his cap number, you know, went from, it would have been, I'm just doing some quick math here, probably around $19 million. That now just dropped down to 9.9 million. So the Packers saved 10 million, almost $11 million in cap space. Okay, I hope that made sense. The interesting thing here, excuse me the interesting thing here is the void years the Packers historically have hated using void years because all you're doing is you are guaranteeing dead cap in the future but again they're they were almost 48 million dollars over the cap they needed to pull out some of these tricks in order to get this cap down and if you figure that the goal is to franchise tag Devontae Adams which is in all likelihood the better option because you're going to get them for seven to ten million dollars cheaper next year. Um, 
you know, now you're looking at 68 to $70 million over the cap that they need to clear by March 16th. So this is the first step, Kenny Clark. Okay, that's what's already happened. So that happened this morning, or at least that's when I heard about it on the old interwebs. <clears throat> so what could be next? Well, let's start with the easy things, and then we'll see what the Packers do from there. All right, so the first, the first easy thing, at least in my opinion, if I was playing general manager, would be Dean Lowry. Um, unfortunately, he just hasn't quite lived up to his contract over the last couple of years. Um, if he were to be cut, the Packers would save $4.1 million in savings. There would be $4 million in dead cap due to some signing bonus and other bonus prorations. Um, so you'd clear about $8 million. Four of that would be dead. So it would be a savings of $4.1 million. That's probably a for sure cut that will be coming in the couple in the coming weeks. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, <clears throat> if he is cut with a post-June 1st designation, there'd be a savings of almost $2 million, $1.9 million. Um, in dead cap, there'd be about $525,000 this year and another million dollars in 2023. So about $1.5 million in dead over two years. You can split that up over a two-year period by designating it after June 1st. Um, what that means for those of you who may not be familiar with the June 1st date, um, in the collective bargaining agreement for players who are cut and or traded, um, a lot of it will depend for dead cap purposes. And again, for players that have any sort of uh, guaranteed salary or signing bonus proration or other bonuses that are prorated into future years, when a player is cut and or traded, the, te the team must be responsible for that salary cap amount. If a player is cut or traded prior to June 1st in any given year, all of that dead cap will accelerate to the current year. If the cut or trade happens after June 1st, they will be responsible for what they're responsible for in the current year. And then any future amounts in future years will all accelerate into year two. So you will hear a lot about that um, during free agency and as teams clear cap space, teams, um, players, excuse me, hate the June 1st designation because if I'm going to get cut, I want to get cut now because I want to go into the beginning of free agency when the market's hot. I want teams to, you know, take me into account for their planning purposes now because once we get to June 1st, teams have a pretty good idea of who their 90-man roster is going to be heading into training camp. And if I am a high-priced veteran, a team may not have room for me after June 1st. So most players want to head into the new league year as a free agent if they're going to be cut. <clears throat> so knowing that, the league and the union agreed to allow teams to have two 
post 6-1 cut designations, even though the player may be cut right away. So, for example, with Mercedes Lewis, um, if they wanted to cut him right away, but they wanted the cap savings, they could say, you know, thank you for your service, Mr. Lewis. Um, we're going to cut you. We're going to designate it as a post 6-1, but you can go get, um, you can go test free agency right away. You don't have to wait till June 2nd. <clears throat> so it's kind of a win-win, if you will. Not that any player looks at getting cut as a win, but at least they get to go into free agency with everybody else and, you know, t- test the market when it's truly wide open. So if they did that with, uh, Mercedes, um, it would clear almost $2 million in cap. You would have $1.5 million in cap spread out over two years. Um, he's getting a little bit older. Probably a move that they're going to make. Um, unfortunately, he's a nice player. Um, but it's something that I saw that is potentially coming. Okay. The Smith bros. Zadarius and Preston. Um, they both are... Um, in their last years of their contract. And both of them have very large cap hits. <clears throat> Zadarius Smith, who already restructured his contract once, um, he's looking at a $27.6 million cap hit this year, and Preston Smith is looking at a $19.7 million contract. I do not see either of those players being a Packer this year. I think they are either going to be cut and or, or they're going to be cut or traded. And if you can get something for them, fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Zadarius Smith had 12 and a half sacks, I think. Let's see, I got stats up. Uh, he had 12 and a half sacks in 20. He had 13 and a half sacks in 19. Last year, he was extremely, um, he was hurt the vast majority of the year. He did come back for that playoff game against the 49ers where he did have a sack, you know, proving that he can compete even after, a, you know, an injury. If they can get something for him, great. Um, you know, pass rushers, pass rushers are at a premium. If they can get a second, you know, I was talking to Meatstick. He thinks they can get a second. That seems a little high in my opinion, especially for someone coming off an injury year. But if they can get a second, a third, or a fourth for him, Great. Um, unfortunately the Packers don't have a lot of leverage and, you know, he could be a cut casualty based on his salary cap number. Um, if they cut him, there'd be $12.3 million in dead cap, uh, but $15.2 million in savings. Um, huge savings amount. Preston Smith, same scenario. You know, he's got a $19.7 million cap hit this year. If he's cut and or traded... Um, 7.25 of dead cap, but $12.4 million in savings. So again, just those two guys alone will clear up to over $27 million in salary cap. Unfortunately, I got a feeling both those guys are going to be playing somewhere else next year. Um, and it's going to be Rashawn Gary and whoever else they draft, (laughs) you know, it's going to be probably a young defensive line. But that's the problem when you go all in. If they're going to bring back Devontae Adams, if they're going to extend Rodgers, unfortunately these are the kinds of players that are going to go to the wayside. 
the next one is going to be tough because general manager Aaron Rodgers wanted this guy in camp last year, and I don't know how the Packers turn around and cut him this year, but Randall Cobb is going to get cut. He ha- I, don't, I shouldn't say he's going to. I don't know, but there's a lot of money there. Again, he's an interesting player. He's got multiple years left on his deal. He's set to have a, sal- a salary cap number excuse me, of um, $9.5 million. That's too high for, you know, a player who's battled injuries. He's going to be 32, I think. I think he was the first player born in the 90s. Yeah, he's going to be 32 this year. Um, Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Randall, but we just can't make it work. Um, Again, if he's cut... Or traded with a post June first designation, there's eight point one million dollars in savings, um, and it would be one point three million dollars in dead cap for each this year and next year. So two point six total in dead. I, I don't know how the Packers keep him given their current um, salary cap woes. He is the highest paid receiver on this roster, other than Devontae, who isn't even signed yet. So. I got a feeling Randall Cobb's going to be gone as well. So with those five moves, you got... So Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Randall Cobb, Dean Lowry, and Mercedes Lewis. If the Packers move on from those players in one capacity or another, we're looking at about $41.7 million in cap savings. So after the... um, after the Kenny Clark move today, they're down to just under $38 million over the cap. This would put them in a cap positive space of $4 million or so. So now that we're sitting about $4 million or so in a cap positive light, what are some other moves that the Packers could do to further make space? Because again, Let's assume they're going to take the path of least resistance and they're going to franchise tag um, Devontae Adams. That's the easiest thing to do because his cap number is going to be $20 million. If they try and do a long-term deal, that number is going to be, God, I've heard as high as $35 million a year. I hope they don't do that. Um, the highest average annual salary for a wide receiver right now is DeAndre Hopkins at $27.5 million. So you figure if they're going to go up to 35, that's like a 25% higher rate than DeAndre Hopkins. Most of the time, these things go up 5 6%, which would mean you know $28 million, 27.75. You know, you, you see where I'm going with that? So I hope it's not $35 million. That would just be a little ridiculous in my standpoint from, from my point of view. If he can get it, great. It's great for the wide receiver market. It's great for agents. <laughs> you know, it's in my best interest that he does well down the road. But as a Packer fan and sitting kind of here analyzing their cap, I don't know how that's sustainable. So, you know, if he's worth 25 to 28 million, let's call it, you know, the Packers can save five to eight million dollars next year just by tagging him. Now, if they do tag him, he's probably not going to be a Packer after next year. And 
Maybe the Packers don't care. He's going to be 31 this year, I believe, 30 or 31. Wide receivers usually don't, you know, continue to perform like he's performing much later into their 30s. Just a hard game on your legs. Maybe he's the anomaly, but the Packers might be thinking, okay, this is actually going to be our last dance. So let's use that $20 million number just for reference right now. So we're $4 million to the positive. How can we get there? Well, if they truly are going to do just an absolute, we're going to go all in for the 2022 season, the easiest thing to do is Aaron Rodgers. So he's set to make a base salary this year of $26.4 million uh, with some other restructure bonuses and signing bonus proration and things like that. But again, his base salary is $26.4 million. They could come to him and say, look, um, you know, we're going to restructure your deal to help get Devontae back. If they just take his base salary, drop him down to the league minimum, which is like $1.1 million, so about $25 million in savings. You split that up over the two years that are left on his deal. Again, next year will void. It's already a void year. So this is like the last year. I shouldn't say like the last year. This is the last year right now. If they don't extend him, that they have Aaron Rodgers under contract. But they do have that void year for next year to play with, at least in terms of signing bonus probation. <clears throat> so if all they do is take that 26.4, drop that down to 1.1, take that $25 million, split it up over two, you know, they could save $12.5 million just like that without having to do anything. <clears throat> that would be one way to go about it. Another thing they could do is they could do like what they did with Kenny Clark, add a couple of additional void years onto that deal, split that signing bonus up even further, save even more money, might be an option. But right now, if they did nothing else with Rogers' contract other than convert base salary into signing bonus, looking at about $12.5 million in savings. So now we're up to $16 million in cap. All right, so we're getting closer. A couple of other players to watch. Um, Adrian Amos, he is got an $11.9 million cap hit for this year. $7 million of that is in base salary. He's in the last year of his contract. But again, can they drop that down to $1 million and you know split up $6 million over two years? That would be a savings of $3 million. Um, Mason Crosby set to make $4.7 million this year. Could they cut him? If they cut him, they're looking at saving about $2.4 million in cap. You would have a $2.3 million dead cap. Um, Those guys would be interesting to watch. Um, Jordan Love, what do you do there? He's set to have a salary cap number of $3.3 million. Uh, He's been tied to the Falcons or... Uh, the Washington Commanders. If he's got a post or a pre six one trade, um, you know, not huge savings. It'd be like ninety four thousand dollars. If they do it after June first, um, one point seven million dollars. If they straight out release him, not really any savings there, just because he does have some dead cap. Just because rookie deals for first round picks are heavy on the signing bonus. 
but that's something that's being talked about. Um, let's see who else we got here. Those are the those are the big ones. Royce Newman, if they cut him, they'd be looking at about six hundred thousand dollars in savings. Uh, Vernon Scott would be a savings of you know Vernon Scott's looking like he's going to be on the chopping block. Um, unfortunately for him, he's only in his second year. Um, but by cutting him, they would save eight hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. I don't know if they'd be willing to move on, but he was only a seventh-round draft pick. Um, Jonathan Garvin's another name. <sighs> to Daryl Slatton, you know some of these guys who are towards the bottom of the roster in their second and third years. Jawan Winfrey, Rico Gofford, Tyler Davis. You know, unless the coaching staff's in love with what they've seen out of these guys in their first couple of years, unfortunately for them, um, kind of low-hanging fruit. Um, so, yeah, and there's a whole list of those guys. So, you know, you start cutting those guys, you replace them with rookies, you know, you could likely kill your depth. Um, but, you know, something that could be looked at. <clears throat> the other player that we haven't talked about is Jair Alexander. Um, he's entering his fifth year option um, this year, which is a fully guaranteed number of $13.2 million. What would be interesting is what an extension for him might look like. And would they replace the fifth-year option year, or would they keep it and just add on, which is what most teams do? However, by adding on, you know, whatever the signing bonus may be, and you know, he's going to be looking at fifteen to twenty million dollars a year, getting true corner one money, and I think he's worth every penny. What is, what does that look like? You know, um, you don't really want to add on to his cap. So can they extend him while minimizing his cap hit for this year? That would be something to watch out for. It's something they need to do. I would hate to see him hit free agency. But again, when you go all in, these are the risks you take, okay? So, you know, by, you know, cutting Crosby, um, moving around, you know, Adrian Amos's base salary, cutting some of these other guys, there is a path to um, getting to $20 million over the cap to tag um, to tag Devante. If they can't come up with some sort of long-term deal, that's probably the option. <clears throat> you know, do they tag Adams this year? Let Rodgers play out his last year and then let the, both those guys walk for nothing next year? Maybe. Um, everybody might be happy then. Adams can go to free agency. He can go play with his college teammate Derek Carr in Vegas where he's been rumored to go. Um, Rodgers would be able to go wherever he want or retire. Um, that may be what the Packers are thinking. If they're going to extend both those guys, you know, hopefully they're both willing to play ball. Hopefully Devontae is not going to kill him in guaranteed money. Maybe they spread out signing bonus over a long time, you know, do a three- to four-year deal with a void year or two on the end of it, 
kind of go signing bonus heavy, low base salary, help the Packers out. I don't know. Um, but the Packers are, you know, not entirely in salary cap hell, but they're pretty close. And, you know, they're going to have to make what I would call tough decisions around some of these guys who have produced in the past, like Zadarius Smith, like Preston Smith. Um, you know, they're going to have to move on from Randall Cobb, who is obviously very close to Rodgers. <sighs> Dean Lowry, probably not that difficult of a decision, but, um, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to come without some heartburn, but it can be done. There is a path to getting to the point where you could keep Rodgers, re-sign Devontae, and, and then they better hit on this draft class because you're going to have to use rookies to um, build your depth. You know, some other guys that are free agents, Kevin King, <clears throat> no offense to Kevin, but not going to break my heart to see him go. He's had what I would call some rough stretches with the Packers. What do you do with Robert Tunyon, who is a true undrafted free agent? You know, he tore his ACL last year, but in 2020 he had 11 touchdowns. What do you do with him? Chandon Sullivan, another free agent. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, another free agent. What do you do with some of these guys? Um, Devondre Campbell, what do you do with him? All-pro linebacker last year. So some interesting, tough questions coming up, but the Packers do have the room to do it. You just got to move on from some of these guys who were, you know, staples on your team over the last couple of years. So <clears throat> I hope everybody found that to be insightful. Um, watch for some of these names over the next couple of weeks. Um, the Packers are already making moves. If they are going to tag Devontae Adams, they have to do so by March 8th. So that gives them another less than two weeks to figure it out. You will see the rest of the league start to tag guys on March 7th and March 8th. Uh, deadline spur action, as they say. And that's kind of the deadline moving forward. So <clears throat> the Packers got 13 days to start clearing cap. And if the goal is to get Adams and Rodgers back, they need to do it quickly. And I think you'll start to see some of these names fall and get cut and or traded over the next 13 days. So, uh, again, I hope you found this interesting. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Impact Sports Management, Instagram, Impact Sports underscore football, and um, share the episode if you enjoyed it. Um, and I will talk to you all this weekend with Mr. Mike Corwin. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Later. Later.